made a bit of progress last week <laughs> in tracking down Mr. Engram. So, as I recall, you were chasing after, or you were you were wandering the streets of Paris, having had a couple of encounters with the um, the pale-skinned, the sallow-skinned man with the with the top hat and the and the, and the strange garments, the the organist. Um, who we had previously met in the Church of Saint Bartholomew, um, and at some point, maybe, maybe you just lost track of time. But suddenly, it was much later than you thought it was. Um, in fact, it was night time, and you probably—I'm sure—you must have heard the fluttering of wings somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in the distance. Um, but but you ended up um, ended up um, in this alleyway. Um, or, or rather, a, more like a cul-de-sac, let's say, because it's France, in a cul-de-sac. Um, and the, the, the organist um, in black disappeared up the stairs. And, and when you looked up where he had gone, you saw that the name plaque next to the door was N. Engram. And that is where we shall pick up. Looks like this is the place, gentlemen. Well, I mean, here we are. I'm not going to uh, look a gift horse in the mouth at this point. Absolutely not. So, is there a lot? Is there? Do we just knock, or is there a bell? Uh, yeah, th- there's a bell. I'm gonna ring the bell. Mm. <laughs> so, as you as you walk up, I mean, you you can only assume that this house belongs to Nigel Engram. Obviously, it's got his name on the plate. Uh, the director of the King in Yellow. And at last, you have finally found your quarry. And yet, it is little relief to your straining sanity. I think you all have felt a bit like dogs being led by a leash, your fate decided by a cruel master who has long kept you in the dark. And you push these gloomy thoughts to the back of your mind, and you ring on Mr. Engram's door. At the sound, a flock of magpies scatters from the rooftop. And then, to your surprise, the door opens. And across the, th- the threshold of the doorway stands a tall man with a thick brown moustache. A silver-handled cane leans against the wall next to his coat hanger. And he says, So it is you. Come in. I have expected you for some time now. And he just picks up the cane, turns round and slowly makes his way up the stairs, leaning on the cane as he goes. I look to William and Mark, and shall we? We came for. Certainly what we came for. We got to, uh, you know, follow through on this. Okay. <laughs> Guess we'll follow Nigel. So you make your way up the stairs. It's one of those apartments that's probably on top of a of a shop or something. So, So the... The actual first floor of, of his apartment is is up the stairs. So you, you go up this quite narrow set of stairs and it opens out into a living area, a living room with several doors off it. Um, and Nigel makes his way over to an armchair and then he sits down. He seems utterly unfazed by th- three complete strangers just turning up at his door and he somehow seems to even know you which is 
maybe a little bit disconcerting. And he sits down and he puts the cane across his knees and kind of rests his hands on it. And he just gestures to the to the sofa, the rather comfortable looking um, purple sofa opposite him. And he says, sit, sit. Now you really yeah. feel like dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I would sit kind of on the edge of the couch in a ready type mm. position. I guess we all guess we all sit in a row like on the couch like i hear no evil see <laughs> right. no evil speak no evil <laughs> mark will stand hmm. being rude <laughs> and, and he says are you um are you enjoying the delights of paris well there's been some not so delightful episodes some that we we're hoping that you could help us um, decipher. He says, mm, "I I thought as much. It's been it's been on my mind a bit recently about you. Oh, not you exactly, but I knew someone would come eventually." Quick question: uh, He's speaking the Queen's, correct? Yes, he's speaking English. All right, I show him the uh, the script that I, I bought, uh, the the book, and uh, and I say, uh, I say this is uh, this is quite a work, Mister Ingram. Uh, we were uh, we were uh, not so uh, not so happy with the performance, but uh, I wonder if the American cast did it justice. A, fa- a faint smile plays over his lips, and then and then he looks a little bit more kind of earnestly at you and he says I do hope you haven't read it yet well I was hoping for an autograph Uh, I didn't want to take (laughs) it out of the shrink wrap (laughs) he says um, it is a troubling work and those who read it find it quite disturbing I I I would really strongly advise you not to read it, at least not all the way through to the end. I guess it's got a surprise ending, huh? <laughs> he he kind of, I suppose he lets out a, a, a slightly weary, wearisome laugh. Yes, surprising, yes, yes. The first act is, is harmless. The, the second act, that is where the troubles begin. Do you... You, you've seen the play. I can see that. I know that. Do you remember anything of the second act? I don't remember the play itself. Uh, you know, to be honest, uh, we all kind of nodded off during it. Mm. Uh, however, afterwards, uh, we ended up taking a little trip to a place you may have been as well. You ever hear of Carcosa? Hmm. Well, of course, and I'm sure that is why you are here. You are seeking the path to Carcosa. Are you not? That is one thing we are seeking. Well, we're we're actually trying to uh, close the path. Yes, well, 
This is all this is all rather a lot to be discussing without at least a little bit of refreshment. You you look very wearisome. Let, let me at least bring you some drinks and some food. He says, "Look, the the kettle's nearly boiled. I put it on before you came." And you can hear a teapot whistling through the kitchen. I suppose I wouldn't say no to a a cup of tea. So he get he gets up and disappears off through a swinging door into the kitchen. And um, now that he's gone, you you look around and you see that his home is a mess of notes, old books and strange diagrams. Uh, the coffee table that you're sitting next to um, is covered in an old faded map bearing many folds, many folded creases and tattered edges. Can we tell what the map... What what's what the map is of? What city the map represents? Um, I mean, the writing on the map is in French for sure. Um, I I would say, um, you can make a education role. Oh boy! <laughs> no dear, no. Um, maybe maybe just the events of the last few days. Um, Jenny, I would allow you to push the role, um, but only you because. Um, of the French because it's in French, which means you would roll again. But if you fail, then something uh, then something bad will happen. Okay, well, I'm gonna try it. Okay. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I have so, to try it. So you you so so you you're really trying to get a, a close look at it, and and you 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 hold it up near a candle <laughs> to try and get a bit more light and then suddenly you realize you've held it the thing too close to the candle and it's all going up in flames <laughs> oh no mark grabs it throws it on the floor and starts stepping on it um so you you do manage to stamp it out but unfortunately now it's you know certainly the large portion of it is is um is is burnt up and, and impossible to decipher mm. and um Put it back on the table and pretend nothing happened. <laughs> Some books on top of it, you know, hide burnt parts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fine. Um, and then um, a few moments later, Nigel returns um, laden with hot tea and a plate of cheese and crackers. And he, he goes, he sort of sniffs and goes, uh, was, was, was something burning? Maybe. Don't mind if I smoke in here, do you? No, 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 by all means, by all means, by all means. Um, oh, very, very strange. Yes, I could swear I could smell burning. Anyway, must be my imagination. A lot of strange things have happened since since the play, so it's not surprising, darling. Are you feeling well? How does your heart feel? That was a bit personal, Mark. No, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. Um... And and you see that he's kind of grinning now. He's got this kind of excited look in his face. And he says, I would so have loved to see Carcosa. I I almost can't believe that that you have been sent to open the path. And he's pacing backwards and forwards across the room with this kind of excited look on his face that why you wrote this play to open oh no 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 i'm not i'm not the author goodness no i would not have the ability to write a a work like this 
I'm merely the, the, the vessel through which the author, author's words have, have made it into the world. How did you come by this, uh, this play? It's funny you should say that. I was... I'd finished a short run at the Grand Guignol about six years ago. It was some piece of trash about about vampires and, and damsels in distress and all that nonsense. Bram Stoker really has a lot to answer for. <laughs> anyway, um, and one morning I was getting up, I was making the tea. It's so hard to get good tea in France, I find. I have to get it shipped over from Harrods in England. Anyway, and I was um, making the tea, and then there was a knock at the door, and I went downstairs, and I opened the door, and there was this envelope for me, a large, a large envelope, uh, bright, bright yellow coloured, and I saw this man just scurrying off just going around the corner of the cul-de-sac back out into the main street. And I could swear he was wearing some kind of strange mask on his face. Very odd. Anyway, turns out maybe he was somehow playing a role in, in, in this play because, as you know, there is a, there's a stranger in the play with a mask. And, and this colour, the colour yellow, seems to be everywhere. And, and then I started seeing... The sign, the yellow sign, everywhere I yes. would go and look, this sign would be there. And yet, every time I saw it, it would change. It would, it would seem to change to a different form, but it was always the sign. I always knew. Have you seen it? Have you seen the sign? We have seen it. Ah, of course, of course. He told me that you'd be arriving soon, that I should prepare. Who told you we'd be arriving soon? The man in the mask? Oh, the man in the mask. The man in black. The tattered king. I, I think they're all the same. I don't... I don't think... I don't think it is one or many... It's all the same. Just he. He who shall not be named. So, if I said that this might be Hastor, <gasps> that would mean something <laughs> to you? Miss Barnes, please, please, do not say that word. Do you not know how dangerous that is? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I guess I didn't realize how much power was in the actual name. <gasps> of course, the names, they contain all the power, all the power. Wait one minute. Wait one minute. His eyes are now flashing as he reaches to the wooden door across from you. As we may want to beat a hasty retreat here. He says, wait, wait. Please, I know you're nervous. But you must continue. I have something for you. Something very, very important. Wait here. And he says, Don't worry. All is ready. 
The way is paved. And then he opens the door to his study and steps inside, leaving you behind to interpret his cryptic comments. And, you, and um, you're sitting there with the tea and the cheese on the biscuits, a uh, nice plate of cheese and biscuits. I do not eat or drink any of this. No, me neither. <laughs> mm. and, Mark, and... Is, Mark is licking his fingers. Shove the last of a croissant or pastry that he's found from somewhere. <laughs> and uh, it might have been a little bit of pen au chocolat. And uh, just licks his fingers and says, wonder if he's got my lightning gun. <laughs> can, you, can you actually all make a spot hidden? Okay, well, Jenny, because you, 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 you rolled a hard success. So you probably made the right decision not, not to eat the cheese because there seems to be mold on it. Ooh. And not like the good well, French moldy cheese, right? No, no, no. That kind of furry mold that you get on cheddar that's been left for too long in, in, the, in the refrigerator. I've heard about these cheeses. I hear they're a real delicacy. I don't think this is the and- right kind, William. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And especially because as you're looking at it, quite quite bizarrely, the mould starts growing until, just seemingly in the blink of an eye, the entire block of cheese is just covered in a thick furring of mould. Oh, dear. Mark, you can have mine. <laughs> no, no. I had this left over in my pocket from earlier. And the tea is, is, um, is like the honey off, and is everything bad? Well, well, you you kind of touch the teapot to kind of you know, and it's completely stone cold. Like a minute before, when you brought it in, it was steaming, like you know, the steam was coming off it. And then you go to pick it up, and it's ice cold. Okay. I go to the door that Nigel left from, and go, Nigel, darling, can we help you with something? Is are you? Quite all right. There's there's no reply. All right. I think we should probably go try to find him. Something is amiss again, and I never got to ask about Isabel. Mm. I say this to William and Mark. We should find him. Uh, all right. Is the uh, the door unlocked? Yep. Um, so you turn the handle. And you open the door. Yep. And you see a horrible sight. You see Nigel hanging from the ceiling fan by a noose. Oh. And you are assailed by a wave of stench. The stench of a rotting corpse after weeks of decomposition. As you see that he must have been hanging there for a long, long time. And rather than making you all roll for sanity <laughs> at this stage, um, what actually happens is you all find yourself just unable to resist this this just onset of of a of of a, a wash of madness passes over all of you. The room starts to spin. The smells of the rotting body, the mouldy cheese. The, the the sound of magpies cawing from on the window outside as they look in at you and seemingly laugh at your misfortune and and the 
and the torments of, of insanity that you've been plunged into. And then everything goes dark. Dark as in we passed out? Yeah. I think everything over the last 24 hours has finally built to a head and you, and you, and you pass into unconsciousness. Oh dear. So do we wake up in the same room? Mm. Oh no. I didn't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. You are stirred awake by dirty stale air and dust in your throat. You are lying on a slab of cold stone inside a dimly lit underground passageway. How did you get here? And where is here anyway? Shivers course up your bodies and your hair stands on end. Rising to your feet, you take stock of your surroundings. Bones decorate the walls and ceiling around you. Open mouth skulls peering back at you everywhere that you look. Jenny, William, are you okay? Mark, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty uh, not okay right now. Okay. uh, Causing us to lose huge chunks of time like this, but I'm getting really tired of it. I'm definitely not okay. I, I don't think this is a, this is not a very nice place. I can, I mean, obviously all the bones and I've heard of the catacombs, but I've never actually visited them. Uh, you know where this place is? Not, not where this section is, but I, um, I'd be familiar enough with Paris, right, to know that there were probably mm. catacombs, probably. Yes, yes. yes. But I, I know that there's <laughs> underground tunnels and various uh, burials under the city oh, all so over. We're, we're still in Paris. Probably. I, I mean, I can't know for sure, obviously, but if, but I think so. I think I think so. I thought thought we were in hell. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, at that moment, Jenny, you suddenly realized what that map was that that you accidentally set on fire. It was actually a map of the catacombs of Paris. Oh, well. And you kind of kick yourself a bit. Yes, that would have been helpful. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm with you, William. This losing time, this thing's not what they seem. We need to find what we came to find and... Destroy it, shut it, something. Um, is there, a, I see candles here. Is there light? Can we see? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there is very dim light, enough to make your way by, but it's it's going to be, it's going to be slow going and probably quite treacherous. You'll have to be very careful. I mean, you can probably pick up a, a candle or two. To help you light the way. Just not set anything else on fire, darlings. Mm. William, yeah, the... you're familiar with skulls and bones. and <laughs> <laughs> This must be a little bit comforting to you. <laughs> uh, uh, surprisingly, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you like to stay on the other side of the soil. <laughs> All right, Top gen- side. gentlemen, any, any ideas as to what we do next? 
Well, since our map is all burned up, uh, I guess we just pick a direction and look for an egress. Can we feel any kind of breeze or wind? Is the candles flickering any one direction? Well, I mean, there is a dank, chill air everywhere that's penetrating your clothes and causes you to shiver. Um, there's probably some slight breeze coming from from the... I mean, one, you're kind of at this almost like... Um, this big mound of skulls at one end, and and there and there is it. It seems to be uh, a display put at, at one end of this passageway, so you can probably uh, you know you'll head the other the other direction and maybe try and find your way out. You, you know, Jenny, that the catacombs, whilst they are big and extensive, um, you know, people don't typically get lost forever down here right <laughs> uh you 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 know that if you walk around long enough and you know use some basic kind of sense of of you know sticking to the left or the right kind of thing you will eventually find a way out okay do we want to it's search constant. look for clues as to who might have put us here before we continue on well uh i would take uh I would take Mr. Ingram's uh, words to heart. Say the person who sent us here is the same person that uh, we've been encountering. Uh, you know, the man in the mask, the organist. I mean, if if Nigel thinks they're all the same person, uh, I mean, it appeared that Nigel is uh, is than we are, at least now. Uh, uh, I have no reason to doubt him. I'll lead the way. I'll keep my shovel uh, gripped in both hands. Oh, yeah, I definitely uh, have a pistol. Or, a, yeah, a gun out. <laughs> both hands. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You, um, you both uh, stay behind me. If they get me, you shoot them. I'll try my very best to not let them get you, darling, but okay. Does it sound okay with you, Mark? Yeah, I was thinking I might just kind of stay in the rear to kind of watch our backs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so you start wandering through the catacombs. Everywhere you look, the remains of the dead greet you, a grim reminder of your own mortality. For that is why the catacombs are made public. They're that kind of... Memento mori, that gruesome reminder that, that is important for, for living people to, to, to come face to face with. It's, it's a, a strange bit of, uh, I guess, psychological, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trickery that, that we do to ourselves. But, um, uh, but nevertheless, it's a, it's a mysterious and if it wasn't so strange that the way you'd got here you may, might find it interesting but right now i guess all you want to do is get the hell out of there and so you wander around a little bit and um and eventually you get to this sort of what looks like a a large gate gateway like an arched quite ornate gateway and um Skulls and bones are actually embedded into the walls around this gate. Um, and it leads out into a wide hallway. And it's very macabre. 
Um, and as as you move through the narrow stone archway into this into this wide hall, you you swear you can hear the teeth in the skulls chattering endlessly <laughs> away at you as you pass through. Um, and then you come into a round chamber illuminated by firelight. And in the centre of the tomb stands an old man with a beard. And he's, and he's got a small trowel and a brush. And he's kind of kneeling down. He's brushing away at something. And he, he doesn't initially hear you when you, as you, because you see him before you, you've kind of come fully through the archway into this large hall, tomb hall thing. What do you do? Uh, bonjour. Am I, am I pronouncing that right? Uh, bonjour. He turns, he, he does notice you now and he goes, oh, bonjour. Um. Comment allez-vous? Yeah. <laughs> How are you? He says. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and he's just brushing away at, at, at a skull with a with a little a soft. It's almost like a sable paintbrush that he's brushing away gently at it. I will ask him. Good sir, although I'm reluctant to use the word good anymore. But good, <laughs> good, good sir. Um. Yes. Uh, do you happen to know the way out of these these halls? <gasps> the way out? <laughs> yes, yes, I do, I do. But why would anyone want to leave? This place is wonderful, don't you think? Oh, And he yes. continues brushing away at the skull very delicately. He says, look at this magnificent skull. It was probably a nobleman or a, a baron or a duke. What do you think? He says, holding it up. Is there anything interesting about the skull? Does it have a um, any marks, like the sign or anything on it? No, it's just a regular skull okay. <laughs> amongst the many thousands of other skulls. <laughs> okay. uh, and, and you realize that he's actually very disheveled looking. Um, initially, it, it looked like he was wearing kind of explorer's clothes or, or, or kind of underground you know like a working but you can see that he's more like a vagrant really but he seems very insistent that that, that uh, this skull is very interesting and you see that his tools are very old and, and kind of some of them are a bit broken and he's it's almost like he's pretending to be an archaeologist or something okay um he seems a little bit mad clearly <laughs> the long beard and more whistle wizened wizened teeth give it away a bit but um he, he seems relatively gentle is he using anything as a light source uh yeah he's got an oil lamp yes he's got an oil lamp set down next to him and he says perhaps mm, perhaps the skull belonged to a king Quite possibly, quite possibly. Although I believe they have their own special uh, areas reserved. Ah, but I wonder what his dreams and and desires were. This this man. I think it's a man, judging by the jaw. He says, brushing away a bit more of the dust with his sable brush. I will ask him. Oh boy, I'll ask him. Do you think he dreamed of Carcosa? 
I do not know that name. Is that a is that a far away land? Oh, it's a it's a it's a play. It's in a play. I wondered oh, if our gentleman oh. might have been a theater goer. That's all. Oh, I. I, I, I imagine he would be. I imagine. Okay, so he doesn't know their name. But, no, he he doesn't seem to to register or understand what what um, what Carcosa is. Okay. Um, Good sir, we have no ambition to leave this amazing place. But if one were interested in wandering that direction, what direction might we go if we did want to leave? Why would you want to leave? This is the perfect place to be. While they're talking, sorry. <laughs> while they're while they're talking, uh, William uh, will uh, nonchalantly uh, oil lamp and uh, mm-hmm. and start examining uh, the other skulls and just absentmindedly uh, saying, "Here is an emperor. Here is a baron. <laughs> Napoleon." <laughs> and and the. Um... The man says, would you like to join me? We are, we are honored. We are the honored docents of the catacombs. We are given this title by all. We are here to, to inhabit this place, to bring the spark of life back to death. Would you care to join me? You, you seem like the right type. To, specifically to you, William. Ah. Uh. William kind of bristles at that because of his loathing for ghouls, <laughs> and yet after the events uh, back in uh, New York, back in um, excuse me, back in uh, states, his knowledge that he has now about the ghouls, uh, he's a bit curious. So uh, mm. he says, uh, "Well, not not knowing the language, he says, uh, uh, Jenny." Ask him if he has uh, ever seen any ghouls down here. Uh, I will. I ask. Good sir, have you seen any ghouls down here? Ah, oui. Bien sûr. Oh, yes. The Eaters of Death. Hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <gasps> they do not bother me. They know that I am close to them. Can he speak to them? May we, yes. Ghouls, they they are they are in, intelligent. They are not monsters. What do you think, sir? I I test out the words that I learned. <laughs> oh boy, really? Oh boy. <laughs> 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 fantastic fantastic um well oh gosh this could get very dark very soon um you do know as you start chanting them that that they will not work without the sacrifice a blood sacrifice i club the old man over the head with my shot <laughs> oh, oh i think oh all right so <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> Well, look, I, time before he turned on us. I, 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 th- I think, 
I think given everything that's just happened, I think everyone's going to have to make a sanity roll right now. Just just straight off the bat. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh. I mean, this was bound to happen at some point. I didn't realize it was going to happen quite now. So you, you see your friend suddenly just lash out. Um, and I think... Given that this was a complete surprise attack, <laughs> were you hit? What were you? What were you attacking him with? My shovel. Your shovel, of course. Of course. Um, well, you don't. You don't. You don't even need to make the roll because a surprise attack automatically, automatically hits. So you 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 just suddenly swing out with your shovel and just clip him round the top of the head. And and you just knock him out, and he's lying unconscious on the floor, blood streaming from from the wound you made on his head. Um, but he's still alive. What what do what 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 do the rest of you do as you see this act of of unprovoked violence from William? Mark would rush over to William and struggle with you know try and grab the shovel from him. What are you doing, man? You heard him. He's an ally of the ghouls down here. He was going to feed us to him. You can't know that for sure, William. You heard what he said. Oh, boy. I don't think I took that from what he said. Do you, do you actually want to rest the shovel, try and rest the shovel off him, Mark? I would have definitely tried to grab it away from him. Okay, so you, the two of you need to make a contested strength roll. So you both have to roll. No, it's not, it's, it's not contested. Oh, you're just going to let him get yes. it off? Okay, fine. So narrate what happens then, Mark. Uh, like I said, I would have rushed over and, and I would have grabbed the shovel and, and pulled it away from William, you know, and to, to stop him from any further uh, attempts at injuring the old man. What about you? Meanwhile, I'm chanting the words. Yes. William, what are you, I, I would, we hear him chanting this and he hit the guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mark, just, we need to stop him. I don't know what's going on. We need to stop him, and I'm going to indicate that Mark should should smack, <laughs> should try to punch William. Knock him out. I would toss, quickly, toss, quickly toss the shovel behind me, and I'd just throw a punch at him. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow, we're getting into <laughs> PvP already. Oh, All right. Mark. All right, so, so Mark... Um, you can make a fighting brawl roll, William. Do you, you can you can you can actually try and fight back if you want to try and push him off you or to restrain him so he doesn't bother you anymore. I'm concentrating on the spell. Okay, okay. So um, because you're so concentrating on on chanting this spell, Mark's fist comes flying into your <laughs> face, and um, oh boy. So yeah. So, oh boy. You do six damage oh, to no. William. William, you take six hit points of damage, and um, it's it's not enough to knock you out or do anything like that. So you can just keep chanting as the blood is flowing. Maybe it's just flowing th- down from your nose. I uh, I land flat on my butt against the uh, the wall with the skulls embedded in it, and mm. uh, you know blood streaming out of my nose and mouth and. You know, I spit out a tooth even while I'm chanting. Can I? Okay, Jenny, do you want to do anything? Yeah, I, 
I saw saw that violence didn't work. I run over to Mark. He's lying or sitting on his on his tush there, and I I get down and I put. I know he's chanting, but I take his head in my hands, and I say, "William, darling, what are you doing? Snap out of it! What are you doing? Come back to me, William, please, please come back to me, and see if I can get him to come back." And at that moment, a sudden rush of air passes through the chamber, cold but foul-smelling, and all the lights are blown out, the candles, the oil lamp, even though it was shielded. Everything goes dark. And then you can hear a voice. It doesn't sound like a human voice, but it is a voice nonetheless. And it says, Hello, perfume. Uh, is this in French or English? In English. You smell good. What was that? Is William still chanting? Oh. No, William sits back up. And yeah. uh, and uh, he, uh, he speaks into the darkness. Not her for which you come, it's him. I point the line on the ground. He says, oh, you all smell good to me. We don't smell as good down here. You, you smell of flowers and perfume. Okay. Um, can we tell which direction or from which direction the voice is coming? It's, it's kind of echoing a bit around the hall, so you're not entirely sure. And of course, it's it's now pitch black in there. Mm-hmm. And the voice says, "What you want then? Why'd you bring me here?" Return for this, this still breathing corpse. Turn for this. <laughs> Three of us out of here. He says, "Oh, I, I don't know about that, Mister." I don't know about that. I don't like them when they're still twitching. Twitch, twitch. Mark, hand me my shovel, please. (laughs) Mark has uh, backed up to the closest wall. He's got his back to the wall. All right, I pull my knife out, and I press it against the old man's neck. And I say to the guy, do I have have your word? You'll lead three of us out out of here, unharmed. Oh, one leg always keeps his word, especially to nice-smelling people. All right, then I uh, I slit the old man's throat <laughs> and uh, wipe my and knife he... off. Wipe my knife off on his uh, ragged clothes. Stick it back in my uh, sheath there. Stand up. I say he's all yours. And the, and the voice goes, oh, thank you. And we can't see any of this, right? No, okay. you, you, maybe you hit, you heard it. <laughs> William, what you, did you just do, William? Getting us, out right? Getting us out of here, Jenny. Oh, Mark, my shovel. The voice says, 
Oh, I like you, mister. You don't smell quite as good as the others, but still good. Quite tasty, though. Sure, I, I got imagine. a very familiar smell to you. To you. <laughs> he says, well, why don't you back up a bit? I don't like sharp objects. Perfume. I had to go stand over by Mark and I get my shovel. And I kind of lead the others a uh, little ways down the hall. I try to, uh, I wait a bit, you know. So you hear, you hear this kind of clonk and then a kind of scratching sound. Clonk, scratching sound, Ooh. clonk, scratching sound. William, what the hell is happening? Listen, <laughs> Mark, it was back in the States, all right, back in Arkham, when, uh, when, uh, taking down notes, right? I was taking down, do you remember when I found the bones in the bed there? Taking down, uh, uh, the notes and, and these magic words came to me, okay? They just popped in my head and... They made me realize when we were talking to that old guy that ghouls might be able to help us. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but the ghouls might be able to help us if we you know, are able to use these magic words. And listen, that guy, he was going to turn on us. He was going to call the ghouls himself to eat us. So I saved us, Mark. You got to believe me. I saved us. Sounds crazy. <laughs> Any crazier than everything else that's happened to us since we arrived in this cursed country? And then you hear, and then you you hear a sound, a kind of squelchy, crunchy sound. And the voice goes, "Oh, tasty! Mm. I think, I think I'll get my friends to." Put this one aside for me. And then you hear this kind of loud whistle. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you hear this loud whistle. And then you hear some more kind of clawing, claw sounds against the hard stone. And then you hear the sound of something being dragged. And he says, and then the, this creature says, Okay, perfume. I've had a little snack. Now, you want me to show you the way out, do ya? That was the bargain. William, how do we know we can... I have a bad feeling about this, William. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, considering our options, um, like this is our safest one. (laughs) (laughs) The ghoul in the darkness. Oh, Oh my, oh. Well, it's the ghoul you can trust or the ghoul you can't. I mean, be facing these creatures. <laughs> okay. And he, and he says, well, you better keep up. I've only got one leg, but I still think I can go faster than you. Especially that the big guy at the back. He seems like he's a bit on edge. How about that, Mr. Harrigan? Are you a bit on edge now? Friend of yours? How, how, do you, how do you know my name? Oh, we know a lot of stuff down here. You wouldn't believe what we know. 
William. <laughs> Jenny kind of stands there in the darkness for a second and she asks with very much a lot of dread and horror in her voice, Do you know... Do you know an Isabel? Isabel Barnes. What's that perfume? What's her name again? Isabel. Isabel Barnes. Oh. Oh, yeah. She smells as good as you do. Oh, God. I guess that means she's not dead. Yes, but that means we can't... Is she down here? We... William, I don't think I can leave until I know if she's down here. Oh, don't worry, Perfume. Your little flower ain't down here. She's somewhere else. Where? Somewhere you don't, somewhere you don't really want to go. Where is she? Oh, I can't tell you. That would need a lot more than you're willing to give. And then you hear that kind of thump, claw, thump, claw. And the voice says, come on then, be better keep up. And you're just... Can we, hmm? can we follow his, the sound now? Yes, okay. yes, yeah. You, you're going to have to follow it by sound <laughs> as, as you kind of walk forward and at one point you kind of step on something a bit wet and slippery in the darkness and it just kind of skids under your foot a bit Oof. and you just keep walking you just keep trip over keep the walking. shovel here you go Willie. um i light that oil lamp okay yes you've picked up the oil lamp and and you light it and you can see a shape maybe 40 30 40 feet ahead of you it's it's sort of human sort of but it's got this kind of strange almost dog-like aspect to it it's its face is elongated and it seems to have fur and teeth like long canine teeth and in and one of its legs has been severed at some point in the past and some kind of cobbled together primitive like false false leg um uh has been you know stump and uh, attachment has been has been strapped to what remains of its leg as as it which is what makes this kind of thumping sound as it as it walks along or is it as it kind of scuttles along, it's kind of half well, crouching the, down. Well, the ability to use tools is what separates us from the animals. Am I right? <laughs> and I think you are, now that you've lit the lamp and you can see this thing, I think you are all, all going to have to make a, another sanity roll for seeing this this thing. <laughs> oh, no. Well, William, at least you passed. Although, given that you've... What you've just done with um, that old man, I think we might need a. Need well, I knew what I was doing. I was in my full cognizance, and I had an yeah. idea of what I might what might summon. So you know, yes. maybe it makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. 
But maybe maybe later when you realize the full awfulness of what you've just done, that might um, then things might come back to haunt you. But but for right now, you, you kind of keep your shit together. There's no room um, on my character sheet for remorse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Jenny and Mark, you both need to roll a D6. Oh, oh goodness. Goodness me. Okay, Jenny, uh, make me an intelligence roll, please. Oh, you've passed. Okay, so the the light plays on the back of this hideous creature, this thing of the night, this thing of the grave, and and it's too much for you, um, because you're down here in amongst the dead men. And, and in this kind of empty, echoing ca- caverns, you've now got, and this is possibly only temporary. Um, it is only temporary for the moment. You have a fear of crowds now. The thought, actually, of going back up into that teeming city of Paris is actually quite terrifying to you right now. Something has just weirdly slapped inside your head. You maybe want to stay down here where it's quiet and still. Okay. I um I look at how far are we away from the um what used to be the old man? Oh, you're quite a long well, way away. Past okay. him now. But I still I kind of stop and I say, You know, gentlemen, that old that old man might have he might have been right. These skulls are rather beautiful in the right light, and maybe we should just stay here. Maybe, maybe this is maybe Isabel is here, and I should just keep looking for her down here, where it's safe and and quiet, and there's no people. Is now now Jenny, I just dearly purchased us a guide out of here. Uh, I, I I think we should follow our guide. Come on, let's keep up. Okay, so I'll say to William, well. You did, you did purchase our escape at a dear price. So maybe, maybe I'll follow you. Follow for now, and I'll follow. So, Mark. Yes. You're gonna to have to make an intelligence roll as well. <laughs> You've got the best name phobia, which actually I, this is one of the few I have heard of before, apart from the obvious ones. This one is triskaidekaphobia. Oh, thirteen. I have. Yeah, fear of the number thirteen. I don't know how that's going to manifest, but uh, if you can, you're going to have to be creative about this one. Yeah, suddenly you are terrified of the number thirteen, <laughs> or maybe just bad luck in general. I guess is kind of what it implies. Like Andy, I, I think it is. I think it is your responsibility as game master to make sure the number thirteen pops up as frequently as possible. Oh yeah, <laughs> we got to do that. Ab- Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so maybe it's just latent now because obviously you're not going to suddenly see a big number thirteen appearing. But, but, but how do you want to express this to your friends? Is this fear of un- irrational fear of of bad luck or whatever? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I think people with this actual phobia they go looking for it, right? Like anything, like you know, they're happy. Oh yeah. Where other people wouldn't even notice it, right? Yes, of course, of course. I might actually have the the bad habit of just counting everything and making sure that you know there's more than thirteen mm. or less than thirteen. 
Okay, so can you start counting skulls, Mark? I was thinking that's what I would probably start doing, yes. <laughs> or teeth in the skulls or number of, of, you know, femurs on the floor or literally anything. Do it. All right, so Mark, as we're walking, he's just counting the skulls as we're walking down the hallway, you know, each panel Mark, of skulls. Mark, what are you mumbling there? What? 13? 14? Yes, and, you, and you know what I suppose it'd be a bit like? It's, it's like when, when people who don't like stepping on the cracks in the pavement, like every time you get to a 13, you kind of have to quickly skip over to the 14 or something. <laughs> right. You got a limp or something? Why are you hopping like that? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Mark, why are you counting, Excellent. darling? What are you counting? Just, just, just making sure there's there's more than thirteen or or less. Thirteen. It's 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 bad juju. I oh oh boy. And at this point, uh, your friend up ahead, old one leg, says, "Hey, perfumes." Flowers, what you doing? Seems like you're losing your shit a bit back there. <laughs> We're keeping up, right, William? Yeah, we're we're keeping up. I I'll, I'll now get behind these guys and just kind of like make them keep pace a little better. <laughs> okay. you, know, you know, my hand on their backs. You know, just gently <clears throat> moving them along here. Your your probably slightly blood stained hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I and, guess I blow out that candle. Let's just go by sound. Lighting this mm. candle is the worst worst idea I had down here. And and old one leg says, "Keep up, keep up, little flesh bags. You don't want to be stuck down here with my when 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 my when my friends get hungry again." I'm telling you that now. Guys, maybe want to keep up keep up the pace a little five, better, huh? Five, five, six, well, seven, eight. <laughs> oh, shit. Wait, 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 wait. One, two. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Mark, you miscounted. Be quiet. You keep screwing me up. Five, <laughs> one, twelve, eighteen. <laughs> Mark Mark turns around ready to swing again. Be quiet. <laughs> Keep running, you fool. Two, three, four. <sighs> Just gonna keep walking. Keep following. Mark mm. hops. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. And then after maybe, well, an indeterminate amount of time, it's so hard to keep track of what's happening in this, in this strange place. Um, eventually you see some light from up ahead. There seems to be a chamber up ahead that's lit. And, and the, um, an old one leg says, Not far now. Perfume. Only a few more steps. It's uh, 
Is it is it the way out? Like, can you hear crowd noise or anything? No. Okay. But it's it's the first lit chamber that you've seen in a long, long time okay. of your walking, and you briefly see again his his form outlined against the um, against the shadows. Uh, against against the so, so, sorry his shadow outlined again in the in the light of this chamber and then he just kind of slips off to the side and he says just keep going and don't look back you don't want to look back I'm telling you and maybe I'll come and see you again sometime just give me a call <laughs> <laughs> And then he's gone. Seven, eight, nine. Um. You both actually get five Cthulhu Mythos points for that. Ooh. You've suddenly acquired some kind of, just from from seeing him and, and going over the edge and understanding that there's this other world, this other kind of reality underneath the reality that you know i mean you've you've been aware of it before but this is the first time it's really kind of sunk home and and now you have some insight some dark insight into the into this into this world um it 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 is a useful skill to have because it means you can start understanding and and interpreting what's happening but of course it's very low at at the moment The, the what the other thing it does you'll notice that your maximum sanity has now gone down to 94 for both of you. Because basically, the more you understand about the Cthulhu mythos, the less sane you, you will ever be in the in future. Okay. Um, and, and ultimately, once you know everything about the Cthulhu mythos, you are completely insane at that point. So It's our new normal. <laughs> yes, indeed it is. Indeed it is. So yes, there is a... There is a a light coming from a chamber up ahead. A light. Does it look like um, candlelight or oil light or just? Mm, it's strange. It's kind of like it is a it is a candle like light or a, or a you know flame like light. But it's there's no flickering. Mm. Normally, you know, if you saw that kind of a light, it would flicker. Mm. It's 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 steady and. It's not exactly very bright, but it's a steady orange light coming from this chamber. It's through a doorway? Yes. There's like an opening going into some kind of some kind of chamber. So you see Mark standing there just kind of guesstimating one, two, three, four. Guys, we can't go that way. That's thirteen steps through that door. <laughs> not if you take small steps, Mark. That's interesting. I guess I could take smaller steps. What happens if, oh boy, what happens if I just just turn and glance back over my shoulder and glance back over my shoulder? Just You're sure that you see some feral red eyes in the darkness eyeing you hungrily? Uh, Jenny, he explicitly said not to do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm in back of them, kind of pushing them along. Like I said, can yes. I just kind of like put a hand over her face, like to block? <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm sorry, William. I. It's just he said he knew Isabel. I, I just don't know. Okay, all right. I won't look back again. And I keep walking. I guess we have to walk towards the light. Is that where we're going, William? 
Mark, let me know when you get to step 12, and I'll carry you the rest of the way, okay? <laughs> <laughs> would you? Would you please? I mean, even though you punched me in the mouth earlier, I was only trying uh, to save us. Well, sorry, but you, you did just hit that guy with a shovel. And then you were doing the most awful chanting. We thought you were possessed, darling. Stranger things have really uh, happened. I don't know what came over me back there. But whatever it is, it saved our lives. I'm serious, though, guys. I don't think we should go through that door. Uh, that's just... It's, I don't know. It's like 13 feet away. I just... I don't know. I don't think we have much choice. We, we certainly can't go back the way we came. William's right about that. I gave Mark a, I give Mark a, sh- uh, a shove. I'm like, hey, look, now it's only 12 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> you see Mark in contemplation. I guess. All right. Okay, so you gingerly make your way forward. You can hear snuffling sounds from behind and kind of maybe the odd high-pitched laugh or squeaky chuckle. (laughs) And and then you go into this this chamber um, and again, the the walls are embedded with skulls. The walls are skulls. Um, and that's where the light is coming from. The eyes of the skull, of all the skulls, are actually what's glowing with an otherworldly hue. And on a, um, on like a pedestal in the middle of this room is a strange, almost Arabic-looking lamp. Um, it's not lit, but it's it's very ornate, and you sense a threatening presence looming around you. It's just outside your vision, but it's not these ghouls. This is something else. This is something that suddenly made the whole room go chill. And you hear a ghostly voice echoing around the room, saying, What are you doing here? You must leave. Mark, I dare you to rub the lamp. I think I'll pass. William, didn't you say this was the way out? Um, that's what the thing said. Um... All right, so I'll, I'll whisper back to the darkness there. Uh, uh, just passing through. Didn't see nothing. I will okay. take you all, the voice says. Not if my friend the man in the mask has anything to say about it. <laughs> and at that point, you, you're pretty sure you see some kind of I don't know, some kind of heat distortion effect or, or, or mirage-like thing. Something seems to be moving in the air around this chamber, circling the outside, almost as if it's sizing the three of you up. Qu- uh, question, what's the layout here? Now, did this corridor lead us directly into this room, or are we passing by this room on our way down the it, corridor? It led directly in. Okay. And there is another um, 
doorway out the other side. But there's also, as you're looking around, you see that there's also like a, a kind of a circular opening in the, in the roof of this chamber that maybe if you could reach up to it, you could pull yourselves up. But the thing that's most occupying you is this swirling presence that seems to be moving around the room. It definitely feels hostile. It definitely feels like it does not want you there. It says, it says, I will take you all. We need to get out of here. And um, can, can you all make me a luck roll? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think Je- Jenny is the is the one here. I'm so unlucky today. You are. Me too. And then and then this form seems this this swirling thing, whatever it is, it seems to coalesce into a ghostly figure and it just kind of sweeps down towards you, Jenny. And it just kind of reaches its arms out and embraces you. And you need to make a power roll. Okay. Your power actually is drained from you. You feel some kind of essence, some kind of spirit or will being drawn out of you by this thing. And, and, and it's a horrible feeling because it's not a physical pain, but it's like a psychic pain. As it seems to be sucking your very life essence out of you. What 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 do you, the other two want to do, Jenny? You're you're now just locked in an embrace with this thing. Okay. What do you want to do? I mean, this thing is like seems to be completely in, insubstantial. Okay, so all right, that was my question. Is it corporeal? No. No, okay. no, no. All right, but this Jenny is almost locked. like a shadow embracing her. Okay. Uh, then uh, William is going to run into the room. And uh, knock that lamp onto the floor. And uh, the, la- the, the lamp isn't lit, by the way. Yeah, no, he knocks it onto the okay. floor and places his boot on it. And I say, let her go. The lamp gets destroyed. Okay. And Mark? Uh, Mark is counting. <laughs> He's <laughs> counting. <laughs> um, well, William, how many steps did you take there? Bad luck, Jenny. Uh I took. I definitely took five. Mark, there's definitely five steps. <laughs> hey, you, you should. You should be good then. I will. And you can see there's like involuntary tears leaking from her eyes, and she's not really a crier, but it's just it's very very painful mentally for her. And she says, "Please, we just want to pass through. Please, leave leave us in peace." Please. Uh, this spirit or shadow says, You do not belong here. And you will not be here much longer. So I'll see. As it t- tightens its coils around you, or its, its invisible shadowy coils. So, so it's completely just ignoring what you said, William. It, it, it didn't. It seems to be oblivious to you or, or not caring about what okay. you just said. Okay. So I will say as I'm kind of slumping, you know, in its embrace, 
William, Mark, please. I, I don't think, I don't think I have much, much left to give. Please, please help me. Instead of crushing it, maybe you should light it. Okay. I will switch tactics and try to light the lamp uh, with that oil oil can oil uh, lamp that I already have. Uh, okay. So- Mark, uh, can you try to grab Jenny and drag her away from the thing? Uh, Mark will go over and wrap his arms around Jenny and try and bodily move her away. Okay, that's nice. That's nice. It's okay, Jenny. It's okay, Jenny. Just calm down. I'm here. And as you as you do this, the 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 spirit says, "One more for me." And right now, I think we'll have to go in Dex order. So, William, what's your Dex? Oh, you, you're going to be going last. So, so you you take your boot off it and start picking it up to try and light it. But this thing is very, it's it's faster than than any of you. And and because you've kind of bodily put yourself between Jenny and 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 this thing, Mark, you're now being assailed by it yourself. So you need to make a power roll. Ah, you failed. So let's see how much power you lose. Oof. Ooh, that's uh, pretty bad. Oof. Yeah, you lose twelve power. <laughs> But, William, you then take your boot off this lamp, pick it up. Yeah, I mean, I already have an oil lamp in my hand, so I just kind of try to, you know, spill some more oil into the the neck of it or in the top of it and then try to, you know, light it, you know, with what with the tools I already have in hand. And And you do so. And again, you've seen this before. Instead of light coming out of it, darkness comes out of this lamp this sepulchral lamp and it floods it's almost like a liquid coming out flooding the chamber with darkness and the spirit goes just breathes out and it just lets go of you mark and of you jenny and he's gone william you did it. I think you did it. You saved I, us. I pulled that uh, candle that I took from the church out. And mm-hmm. I, light, I light that as well, and I hand it to Mark. I say, <laughs> keep this on you. Thank you. Then uh, I try to, uh, and I, I'll hand the lamp to Jenny, um, or I'll, I'll lay it on the floor. She might not be uh, strong enough yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I try to uh, stand up. Uh, oh, um, are the skulls still glowing? The eyes of the skulls? Um, I mean, they they are, but the, they're kind of fighting against this inky darkness coming off the lamp. It's this weird sort of interplay of darkness and light. So you can kind of see, but you're also... It's almost like you're in an ink cloud or something, if you imagine, in the air. Yeah, I want to climb up onto that pedestal and see if mm. I can reach, the, uh, yep. reach whatever hatch is in the roof. Mm. And you look up, and, and, and it is like um, a chimney or something going up, going upwards. Um, and you, st- you see the, the inky darkness kind of starting to funnel upwards as if it was smoke rising up from this lamp and being drawn upwards. And 
you're How pretty long? sure you could you could like lever yourself up, kind of wedge yourself in and climb up. Okay. Yeah, I'll try that. Okay, so you can make a strength roll. Ooh. You do. Maybe maybe you kind of half slip at one point or, or, or a, you know, a skull comes crumbling away from the wall. But you lever yourself up and, and you, you find yourself, after a few feet of climbing, in a chamber above with um, corridors coming off it. And it feels like the architecture here is different. There is a bit of possibly daylight now seeping in from somewhere from somewhere above you feel like you're getting closer the air doesn't smell quite as stale or quite as quite as nasty as it did below okay so it looks like we were uh not just teleported down here or moved down here but we also jumped forward in time again as Mm. it feels like it's daylight again Mm -hmm. okay um how how long was the shaft i crawled up through like uh can I like reach a hand down and help people up, or is it yeah. than that? Yeah, you definitely can. It was it was only a few feet. Okay, then uh, I'll lower my shovel down for people to grab. <laughs> okay, my um, bloodstained shovel. I have to. Mark will boost boost up Jenny. I don't think I can take the lamp and climb though. Is that okay, William? Well, leave the lamp. Um, leave the lamp where it is and leave it lit. Okay. Uh, just blow out that candle and toss it up here in case we need it. Mm-hmm. Mark blows out the candle and tosses it up. Okay, I grab the shovel and try to get up there. Okay, so you, after a little bit of struggling and, you know, obviously with the help of William and, and Mark, you, you all make it up into, into a, a slightly fresher corridor. And um, I think at this point, Jenny, maybe you're starting to feel a little bit anxious yeah. about getting back into that city. I will say to William, do you think that one leg was trying to trap us with that thing? Um, you know, uh, he did lead us to what appears to be the, the exit. I mean, at least we're closer to the surface. Um, you know, I, I, I don't. I don't fully trust creatures like that. I don't think anybody should, but in this case, uh, I'd say he fulfilled our, our bargain. I mean, Clo- yeah. Closer to the surface. Are you sure we should go there? Well, Jenny, you're not going to live down here in the catacombs. I mean... Of course, of course. Is that why you wanted me to spare that old man? I mean, you want to live down here with him? The ghoul said your sister ain't down here. Of course. Uh, of course not. She kind of uh, crosses her arms and rubs her the tops of her arms, you know, like she's she's cold and looks around. She's she's getting anxious. She's not in full panic mode yet. Well, it's a good thing her power got drained, right? We should just be able to <laughs> drag her out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, remember it's psychic power. It's not. It's not physical. Oh, right. um, so at this point, you hear a sound coming from up ahead. You hear 
a gentle clapping sound. Gentle applause. And that, some way off. Mark, how many claps was that? <laughs> it was three. Definitely three. Okay. And some way off, you see a familiar shape. Not the organist. Not the organist. Not this time. Oh, no. This time... You see a man wearing a yellow coat, cloak with a mask on his face and gloves. And he's just clapping. All right. My shovel in hand, I charge him. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. What, what, what did the rest of you do? William has had enough. <laughs> um, I see William charge off. And I will pull my guns. Okay. Thinking this seems like a great idea, Mark will pull out his trench knife and charge after. I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to run. I'm not charging with the boys. I am kind of staying back with my guns. And he just he just stands there. He stops clapping, and then his hands drop to his sides, and he just waits for you to strike. William. Then strike I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you roll me a um can you just uh, make an attack roll then with your with your shovel, please? Okay. You yeah. just he just stands there and you just swipe at him and maybe in your fury and your anger it just it just um goes right. Wide. It's it's like one of those blind rage filled things and mm. I completely miss the mark and stumble past him or something. And um Jenny do you want to fire at him? Oh, boy. Not yet. Not yet. I don't want to fire yet because I do see that they're... And I remember what happened yeah. with Daniel when I fired. Yes. So. Yeah. So, Mark, what are you doing? Well, Mark followed after in a rush, and he stops and after uh, William misses, and he hesitates. He's not sure if actually it was the right thing to do to, to attack. So he's paused mm. for a second. Okay. And then the man in the pallid mask, he just, he seems to just drop down onto one knee. And he reaches out to the side of him. And you see that again, the walls are completely covered in skulls, you know, embedded with skulls. And he just reaches out. And he touches one of the skulls. And you notice that the skull he's touched has got the yellow sign just engraved into its head. And he just pulls the skull out of the wall. And then you hear this rumbling sound. Bones start rattling to the floor. The skull that he's pulled out seems to start this avalanche of skulls that start rolling towards you. Oh, that skull was structural. Yes, it was a, it was a supporting skull. Load-bearing, load-bearing skull. <laughs> load-bearing, it was a load-bearing <laughs> skull. <laughs> and and, and the, whole, the whole of the catacombs around you seems to start shaking and, and, and 
rocking backwards and forwards. And everything is starting to move around you. And he just kind of stands up with the skull in his hand and he just starts skipping backwards across this tidal wave of skulls and bones that seems to be just falling and falling towards you. What are you doing, guys? Are we run the other way? What do you think, guys? Mark's counting bones as they fall to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so he's just skipping uh, backwards as the skulls are just, like, falling around him, like, getting to him. I think Jenny has the right idea then. Um, I'll just grab Mark by the shoulder and run back towards Jenny. Okay, so you start running, and you feel like... You feel like everything is collapsing around you um, as you try and make your escape. And as you run, the skulls seem to kind of be catching up with you. They're kind of flowing around you like this big wave of of necrotic death. And your, your footing, it's hard to keep your footing as you try and outpace them. And then finally everything starts giving way and you're just you go from running to sort of stumbling to then falling and you and you're falling ceaselessly through the empty abyss no air slows your descent or courses through your hair it's a passageway devoid of reality finally you pass through an invisible gateway and enter another realm looming Above you and below you are two skylines, one a warped reflection of the other, a vortex of swirling black clouds and crashing waves lies in between them. You look at both sides, above the familiar city of Paris and below its strange mirror. Could this be the path to Carcosa? A passageway between realities where realms converge? If so, all that is left is to find where this gate appears on Earth. And then you fall again into the vortex below. And you are shaken awake by a gendarme who lifts you to your feet. And he says to you in French, Are you okay, madame? As you realise... You are back on the streets of Paris. You feel as though the weight of a train has slammed into your heads. The pain is unbearable. The policeman shines a flashlight in your eyes and, 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 and says to you, Where did you come from? Um, is it crowded around the policeman where we are? <laughs> uh it's nighttime again. Oh, okay. <laughs> so thankfully it's not too crowded. Okay. But I think a rising wave of panic has started in yep. you, Jenny. And and so what is your response to the policeman? How oh, oh how did I how did I get here? I I can't be here. I I can't be here. It's not oh it's not safe here. There's too too much. Too much. And she she tries to curl up into a little ball, like a fetal position. 
rocking back and forth. Too much. It's too much. And the and the policeman shines the light at at Mark and at William, who are also kind of lying on the ground. And he says, "Are you okay?" No, Swiss American. Mark Cleason says, I thought as much. And then he just carries on with his <laughs> rounds. Oh, no. <laughs> and I think that is where oh, no. we will. Yes. Yes, that is where we will have to leave it for the, <laughs> for the week. <laughs> uh, that one went, went, went really nuts. <laughs> <laughs>